Hi there. I'm Michael Hall. And I'm Andrew Davis. And we want to welcome you to The Day Advantage, the D&D podcast where two old school guys talk about new school play. That's us with a dad joke. Maybe yeah, that joke maybe not. There. Maybe we'll see. We'll see how how what the if the mood has struck us. Maybe I'll do the dad joke today. But I, I, it's okay, like, like a special guest star, like every ten episodes or something. I do the dad joke. I'll do it. I'm going to commit to it. I've yeah. got one. Uh, all right, people. Here, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up. I'm gonna start with one. Oh, this is one. I, oh, this hey, is from D and D Sesame on Twitter that I just Go saw. I'm kind of shocked more DMs don't ban centaurs. Why is that, Andy? They get two extra feats at level one. <laughs> there you go. Wow. That's half a joke. <laughs> That's half a joke. All right. Okay. <laughs> like, like we started with you. Like, let's I'm just all, start. Let's I'm just start. We're just, we're we just started guys. With a dad joke. Guys. We're going to start with a dad joke. We're gonna, I think we're that's appropriate there. for today. Yeah. Starting with a D&D dad joke is appropriate because we're going <laughs> to we're gonna take a pause on our dad vice series where we've been walking through how to build characters and then how to do some combat. And we're going to go back to one of our favorite topics, the future of D&D, because there's a lot to talk mm-hmm. about with regards to the future of D&D, both based on things we've said in the past and what went down in January, Andy. So what what yeah. actually went down in January? So basically what happened in January was for all intents and purposes, WotC rolled back. What, we're Wizards of the Coast. WOTC, Wizards of the Coast, WOTC, sorry. WOTC, yeah. Wizards of the Coast, who are the, which is the company that owns the D&D and owns and publishes D&D. They have rolled back the their changes to the OGL game license uh, and have said, basically they've just fully caved. They've released a new iteration of it but the essentially they've even opened it up more they've said that the standard resources document the srd you'll sometimes see that and that includes like a lot of the descriptions of a lot of the monsters that is going to be now like fully a creative commons license so that means there is they are essentially giving up the license to those things and making them available to anyone who wants to to use them provided they get credit so what does that actually mean, Andy? Like let's 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 back so, it up to super layman's yeah, terms. Yeah, su- super set. layman's terms. So what had happened was if we go further back, if we go back into like December, you know, Gizmodo, let's, even, let's even just describe like this whole concept of what an OGL is. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, is sorry. you know, so so 20 years ago, yeah. um maybe in, was it 20 a, a while ago? A, a 2000, I think it was. 2000-ish. Yeah. yeah. D&D released what they called the OGL, and that's something they developed with a couple of other game designers. But essentially, it's the original game license or open game, I believe it. Open was, gaming or, license. Open gaming license. And it basically provided a framework for other people to produce content and produce and publish content for D&D and it gave them like the legal rights to do that as well as it in some rights for for Yeah, D&D. this is a, this was pretty mm-hmm. radical. I mean, let's just yeah. let's just let's acknowledge it for a second as a concept. And this was the original Watsi people. So when you complain about Watsi, you're also complaining about the people who did this originally. They were yeah. the people that 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 actually saw they they saw what D&D was for, for in its reality. And again, mm-hmm. in 2000 it was a different thing than it is yeah. now. And yeah. what they saw was a game that is created by people. Uh, the, right. There's a rules framework. 
there's stuff we do, but the majority of us, Andy and myself included, mm-hmm. we mess with the rules all the time. We talk yeah. about homebrew. Like it's a game that's owned by the people that play it. And it was an acknowledgement that is encouragement of that saying, if you want to create on top of it and actually sell your stuff, like if you want to create third-party content, and we talk about third-party content all the time here, right? You can so, and we're not gonna we're not gonna hold you to any legal liabilities in doing so. That, that was a pretty radical move. Yeah, no, it's, and and it, and and you could, and I think it's I don't even think it's arguable. I mean, it, it definitively caused this blossoming within the TTRPG space. The because whole you space, had, not just D and D, like it was not just D a light because it had all these like ancillary effects where all of a sudden it gave. All of these smaller creators cover legally in order to start like either leveraging the D mechanics or creating their own. It just became a framework that all that everyone in this space who is a publisher could start to do work for. Yeah. To could work with and and could then basically start to make and, a living and, off of. And DD as we know it today exists because of this. Because I think yeah. you wouldn't have critical role. You wouldn't have yeah. You wouldn't have Paizo. You wouldn't have I mean, all these I, other companies. I would argue, I think but, you could argue you wouldn't have fifth edition. You know, yeah, I think you, wouldn't you have could argue, edition. I think you could yeah. argue that you might not have even had fourth edition. You know, well, I think um, it was right on the, it was right, right, right on the, they right, right edition, when the fourth edition came this. out. Yeah. But it, it, it was the main point here is that DD as it stands today is because of that original OGL. Yeah. And what happened in early January, January 5th, something like that. I can't remember now, but yeah. something like that. The news broke that D&D was shopping around a new contract around OGL, a a revision of it, that would change it fundamentally at its core. And the space blew up. So Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro. There is a lot of pressure at the corporate level rolling down into the D&D team. D&D is only one part of Wizards of the Coast's company. They also run Magic. You know, so... There's clearly a lot of pressure on Wizard of the Coast from Hasbro to generate revenue, all this stuff. It's pretty clear but, that, like, let's just say it up, up front, what Wizard of the Coast is the most profitable division in Hasbro history, period. Yeah, right? period. Like, yeah. Billion dollar business between Wizards of the, between uh, Magic the Gathering and D&D, Indeed, right? Yeah, and easily. they've got huge hope for this D&D movie to be yeah. a piece of IP that they can leverage in the future. So Hasbro has bet on wizards of the coast so you can yeah. imagine the pressure on those poor people right. I, I'm, i'll have a second of empathy for the leaders at wizards of the coast because you know that hasbro's yeah. all over them. and and i actually i honestly believe that there is some stuff that they wanted to you know in their mind correct about it and it was doing things like i am not a huge fan of blockchain or nft they wanted to basically say like hey you can't develop blockchain or nft dnd products you can't they wanted they had lang they had wanted to add language that very explicitly said it was very explicitly against bigoted content and was stating that they hey they can terminate the agreement if people are making things that are blatantly racist sexist homophobic etc mostly you know, thinking and, they're mostly in that case thinking about the tsr people exactly the, the, the people that sort of inherited the 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 and, which the jerk not side of the family yeah. that it was attempting to sort of produce um really bigoted content yeah i mean some you know there's there's there is a strain of that in D that wizards has very carefully been pruning out for a long time and they basically were saying like hey we don't want to let it back in yeah. and i think, I think all those of that are is, all I, I i'll take them at their face word that those are things yeah. that they wanted to accomplish yeah, they also I think, they also wanted to accomplish some profit motives yeah um, yeah so yeah 
I think in, the, in this time, several other competitors like Paizo, which publishes Pathfinder, you have Cobalt Press, which is publishing a ton of different content that is 5e compatible. Yeah. Ronin. Uh, Green Ronin. They're doing a lot of other stuff under OGL and different systems like Mutants and Masterminds and some other things. But you have all of these other competitors essentially for Wizards. And Wizards was is looking at them. And I, I think this is more Hasbro's looking at them going like, hey, why are we enabling these people to compete with us at this level? If they're going to do it, then we should get, if they're going to be leveraging our open gaming license, we should be getting some part of their revenue. Yeah. And right? I think, I think it's been a lot of time in, in my career talking yeah. about creative IP. Um, yeah. And so I can guarantee you that they're looking at the D&D movie launching. And they're thinking about the creative IP that that represents for them and what they want to do with that. And they were, they're probably thinking all these third parties are going to benefit heavily from an increased attention on D and D when the D and D movie releases. And we want, we want some of that money. I mean, I, I, I'll be really blunt about it. Like I don't, I'm not condoning this thought. I'm just seeing it for what it is. And having been in rooms where those kind of conversations happen, that's what's going on, right? They're looking yeah. at the future and they're saying they, 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 and I think we'll talk about what they did wrong in a second, but they're looking at it saying, this is our IP. We're going to increase the value of our IP exponentially if things go yeah. well and everyone else is going to benefit from it. And we want a piece of that pie. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And so, and, and, and there's a lot of other places out there, particularly uh, video gaming IP and marvel certainly mm-hmm. like they aspire to take a piece of that the disney playbook um for themselves yeah. and they want yeah. to get better control over their own ip the problem is that's not exactly what dnd is <laughs> yeah i would say there's a fundamental mis i think they're looking at yeah fundamental misunderstanding on the part of some of the higher level execs it is not a I video almost guarantee it has <laughs> <We all know. laughs> to a lesser degree at watsi but they're and they're thinking of D D like as a video game mm-hmm. property almost like a mass effect or something that's exactly like that. how they're thinking when, about it with, yeah, without question it, w- without question with when in fact D is the thing that enabled all the mechanics that are leveraged in those video games 100%. and and it's really and, smart and, and there's yeah. this like fundamental misunderstanding that essentially what D does is as a dm i am creating my own iteration of mass effect when i create my own campaign and so i don't i don't necessarily want them to give me another mass effect i want them to give me the tools to make my own mass effect or my own story yeah, yeah i think that's it's not it's not, not it understanding looks, that framework lead, led them down to this very odd place I, I think there's one other dynamic here andy that i think i've been thinking about or i keep saying i think i think i think um yeah i've been turning over my head and they the problem is and this is sort of similar to what you said so i'm going to build on what yeah. you said D D, it's it's an ecosystem it's it's yeah. a chicken and the egg game here the reason D is this is as successful right now as it has ever been is not exactly because of smart things that wizards or hasbro did right and that is a fundamental misunderstanding of the ecosystem that they're playing in yes 5e is a great balance game of 
just enough crunchiness to satisfy the crunchy people and just mm. enough role-playing to satisfy the role-playing people. If you go out there and play other role-playing games, you'll find them, they lean much harder into role-play. There are games that lean much harder into sort of crunchy number fighting. And, and, and I would argue that's because of what, 50 years of D&D right. in so development, saying, you know, like they've but, but that's, swung both I'm, ways. I'm going to give them credit for that, right? Right. But because of that, and because of the OGL, it attracted a ton of creators into the space because it created a framework that was really easy for creators to build on and for people to adopt and come into the game. They would not be su- successful without these creators. And we know who a bunch of them are. Mm-hmm. It's Critical Role. It's Dimension yeah. 20. It's it, it's Cobol Press, who started even before 5e. It, it's all these different forms of creators who were able to create content that was easily consumed and created a much richer environment that was beyond the original IP of D&D. And that yeah. is, those are the people, those are fundamentally DMs. Those are D- yeah. DMs are the people that create the game, not the players. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> people, but DMs That's are the people that create in- the game. And guess who the most um, guess who most of the revenue is and, and Hasbro said it themselves. Guess where most of the revenue sits for Watsi? It sits with the DMs. The DMs yeah. buy 90%, it's not like 80% of the products of their yeah. revenue comes from Dungeon Masters. Well, when when you think it players. totally makes sense. Like what 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 does a a player at a table, all they really need. I mean, really all they need is a set of dice and a character sheet, but most of them have a character sheet. They have their character stuff. They have their dice and they have a copy of the player's handbook and possibly one of the supplemental books, or they just have a D and D beyond subscription, which is just a free one. That's right. Just one more build thought on this. Instead of acknowledging that that's the dynamic they're in, they, they actually, and, and, and a bunch of these people, these creators have actually quit their day jobs and are making their careers off of yeah. making this money. It's not a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot yeah. of money, but it's not a lot of money in, in Hasbro world, right? Um, there are a few people out there making tens of millions of well, dollars. Like, you know, Most people make under $100,000, right? They went after the very people who were responsible for their own success. Yeah. And that was a trail of, of kind of epic yeah. proportion, to be completely honest. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and I, I think, think it... people got really, really pissed off. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, rightly like, so. yeah, rightly so. And I think what happened from there is, so they released this 1.1, mm-hmm. big outright. Out, who is the out, reporter who reported on it? You, you uh, this it. is uh, the woman who initially reported on it is a woman named Linda Kodega at, uh, at Gizmodo. Yeah, so I think people, if you want to read yeah. about it, you can go read her. Yeah, so her, her, her reporting on this whole... was also like one of the first people to start reporting. Like, he has a, some pretty tight yeah. ins at Watsi and was able to report on it. And then, and, you know, uh, and I will say, like, person. you know, a number of things, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there are people internally at Watsi that leaked a lot of this news before uh, absolutely. it like, went into effect it, there, in, no order to, it in order leaked. to affect this dialogue and the, cause this stuff to happen. As but, much as we complain about Watsi out there, and you're going to read a lot of complaints about it, Watsi, people at Watsi are the heroes here because they're the yeah. ones that were feeding information out to the press and to the public to let people know what was actually going on. Yeah. So whistleblowers, don't, this, yeah. don't so hate the one, whistleblowers. Blowers. Yeah. So 1.1 comes out, gets reported on. There's a big hue and cry in the, in the community. Very, very quickly, uh, Cobalt Press announces that they'll be developing, that they will not be leaving OGL or accepting the new license. And in fact, that they will be basically developing their own 
platform a la D&D 5th edition. Black flag. Uh, you know, black, black flag. flag that black flag. <laughs> it's very Cobalt pressy. Yeah. Heizo, <laughs> Heizo announced that they would um, create something called the Open RPG Creative License, essentially as a replacement. But they called it to Orc, the OG, right? It was yeah, like, it's uh, Orc. That's what it's uh, o- awesome. open. Yeah, it's open. It's open RPG Creative, yeah, but it turns it. into Orc, right? It's the Orc license instead that's of the so OGL great. license. They announced that. Matt Colville announced that they would be starting development on their own. I think he had RPG already been system. working on his own. They'd been work, they had been working it. like in the background, but they basically were like, oh, this thing that we were going to do in a year, we're going to start right now. Yeah. So you had. So we're talking about the yeah, biggest the, names the in the biggest, game that, yeah, responded the big, to this. People that yeah. had most financially to lose, let's be clear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. They So they all announced like, hey, we are going to start developing our own gaming systems to compete more directly instead of just creating supplements for fifth edition, essentially fifth edition D and D Watsi proved themselves to not be a great partner. And so these companies have said, okay, we had been partnering with you, but from now we're going to be pivoting away from that. And you see a lot of the people like Monty cook games, who was like one of the original writers of the original OGL. He has his own publishing company now. He's basically said he's he, they have the cipher system. They're done with fifth edition. So you're going to have you seeing this like yeah, the company, flowering of other systems. And, and, and I think then there was a second sort of thing that went on along with this competition rise, right? Which was natural. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were open to it. They're going to have a hard time competing with D&D. But oh, yeah, for sure. Because like, let's talk about D&D Beyond for a second, because D&D yeah. Beyond is an unsurpassed digital asset in terms of making the game more accessible yeah. it's it's really yeah, good it is. i i i don't i i like you can hate on watsi all you want and they didn't build dnd beyond yeah. that was built by the people at fandom but like they bought it and now they own it and it's the best thing i've ever seen in the rpg space by yeah. a long shot it's really yeah. good and smartly the community said okay if we want to hurt watsi the mm-hmm. best way to make our voices heard is everybody cancel your subscription to D and D Beyond, and so people yeah. like Ginny D got on board. Um, and these huge... are like Ginny D. These are people who are who have been in the past been spokespeople for Fifth, yes. fifth Edition. They've yeah. done ads. They've been presenters at award shows. Yeah. Like I mean, they have been heavily involved with Wizards of the Coast. And, and for all, them to and they, just completely w- step back is pretty amazing. It, it was I, you know, Andy. I had a hard time. I'm like. I feel like I need to cancel my subscription, but I didn't know what I could do. Typically yeah. honest, like Watsi well, has their hooks in me. Um, <laughs> has his hooks in me and I'm like, I'd have to, I'd have to really do some hard work to detract, to detach my current campaign from D and D beyond. Yeah. I mean, it would be yeah. a ton of work. Cause I've put a ton, I've put hundreds of hours into building my campaign out there. Well, like, you um, know, and I mean, yeah. like we, along with other podcasts, we use Watsi to develop our when we do these our head-to-head yeah. character things we use we used it we, all over the place D&D in the last Beyond. five and sessions. again it is a great tool and part of well so the, wait, let's talk yeah. about what happened so all these people banded together and they yep. started to encourage people to cancel their subscriptions and i think there were some estimates that said like it was 50 or sixty thousand cancellations i've seen some as high as like one hundred and fifty thousand cancellations that's a lot that, yeah. that's a that's a legit that's millions of dollars for watsi that there's no yeah. and people who again are like if dms start canceling their subscriptions that's where they're going to take their notice because it's gonna be yeah. the people it's when you know i'm sure there were people out there like me who maybe have the full package right 
if you cancel it, that's 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 not just that's not just a potential revenue. That's actual revenue for them. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's what the hero level is like five dollars a month, and then the master level, which is more the the where you get to share the content that you yeah. purchased on D and D Beyond. Props to those people who did walk away. Like I don't tend to buy. I have a bunch of resource guides mm-hmm. that I've 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 bought. Basically, I bought all my the books that are in my bookshelf. I bought them a lot of them twice, yeah, in order okay. to have them available, yep. you know, in D and D Beyond. So, so it had an impact. Yeah, and all impact of that was, had an impact. Yeah, the impact was that after that, and then opening up a survey to take some feedback, which you know, again, look, yeah. Good. So that, so you can argue released, that the language of their PR releases were was BS, yeah. whatever. At the end of the day. They, so, so they so so the net of it is they released a 1.2 they asked for feedback the feedback was so overwhelmingly against any changes at all that they have completely stepped back from making any modifications to the open gaming license and and they decided to release the the system re- the system resources document the SRD yeah, which has all the back details to, we're back to square one where we were six yeah. months ago in a better place actually yeah now, well, this... I I think the problem is that they've they've undercut the goodwill they have in the community yeah. even with the people that they had goodwill with um, it certainly has emboldened the people who are hater the haters are going to hate no matter what right so now they've got ammunition till the end of time yeah. for their 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 hateful schemes. Um, and the, I think the, I think the, I think what happened was they realized that this was such a huge mistake and they did not, and there was, there was national press on this, right? Like it was, yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, you think about it, like, Forbes. like the electronic frontier foundation, there was a lot of like, you know, in like the legal circles, a lot mm-hmm. of people were like going in there and really like starting to like actually pick apart the original OGL and say like, Hey, there's a lot of stuff in here that where D and D has implied that they have ownership over stuff that frankly in any if you ever put this in a court of law which was where they were headed yeah they were headed if you put this they were headed into court like if you put this into court they very well could just say hey you know what guess what all of your ip is out the door anyway yeah it's not really ip like the gaming are not ip yeah ip is the name fits bands that's ip the sword coast That's IP, IP, right? The, the, right, the gaming right. system itself, not IP. You can't um, say roll a d twenty to determine whether you strike or miss, as a, is like IP. Yeah. So um, they 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 realized their their mistake. I think there were a couple other things that they realized. They wanted the negative PR to go away in advance yeah. of the March thirty first movie release. Mm-hmm. The clear reports were that Paizo was the huge benefactor of this. Yeah. Um, Paizo sold a year's worth of Pathfinder books in two weeks. And I think that they yeah, also they realized sold that they, out re- in, I, they were they sold, sold out in every stores. Yeah. I yeah. think everybody, I think, I think what Watsi and, and Hasbro realized is they really don't need a third. They don't need a, they don't need to embolden our legit competitor here Yeah, because they're, they're, they have a significant lead, particularly in the digital space. Yeah. But they can't have their, their core people leaving. And going to a competitor, um, and that's what was happening. Yeah, and I mean, it may still also, happen. Yeah, it may still happen. I mean, Roll is the—they're like number three or number four of the streamers on Twitch, mm-hmm. right? You know, they make they, which is like free press every Thursday night for 
I've I've talked to the media for, people over there, Andy. It's pretty impressive some of the numbers they're putting yeah, out. When we when yeah. we evaluate their media offering against other media offerings, it's it's comparable to primetime TV. Critical role mm -hmm. in terms really? of viewer in terms of viewership. Um, it's a little hard to compare because it's not the same thing, yeah. right? But like I I I I've made the argument in places that matter that that you know their that their viewership is comparable to any major you know, certainly better than actually a lot of what are considered top 10 shows on ABC or oh, yeah. I mean, just the, just the time engagement, like how many people yeah. sit down for four Three hours, hours every hours. <laughs> weekly to yeah. watch a show. I mean, it's crazy. The live viewership is pretty intense. And then the first two week viewership is crazy intense. Yeah. Yeah. That's so real, real numbers. So, but think about the value that that has for Watsi. And for them to then, Critical Role is not a Watsi property. They're, they're an independent company. They could tomorrow say, you know what? I mean, we love D&D. &D, we love D&D &D Beyond. But the fact of the matter is, it's like if it sours with their community and affects their bottom line that way, they will walk away. They will come up. They'll say, hey, you know, we're going to move to they a have system. They, okay. So let's be really, let's yeah. be really, really fine-tuned on this. Yeah. Critical Role may have more value in their IP, their true IP, mm -hmm. than Hasbro and Watsi have in their true IP. Vox Machina on Amazon as IP, combined with Critical Role itself as IP, may actually in a year's time, two years' time, have more intrinsic IP value than anything D&D can do itself. Then, unless the movie is an incredible success, so the global show itself may actually yeah. have more intrinsic IP value in terms of mass viewership, so media value, IP, than yeah. anything that Hasbro and Watsi can do with the D and D movie. Yeah, than anything that D and D produces. Now, the game is valuable. The D and D Beyond is valuable people buying the books and all that kind of stuff is valuable, but the IP, that intrinsic value of a story might actually, you know, you can't piss off critical role, man. No, I mean, and, and really like, it's not even so much. You can't piss off critical role. You can't piss off their audience. Yeah. Well, that, that's like, their audience is so highly engaged. You know, I don't know that Mercer or any of those guys really want to leave D and D. No, they don't, you know, they, well, they create they, the premise that they open the door for people who never considered leaving are now considering like, what do, yeah, what do exactly. I do? If if Watsier has they everybody now needs to have a backup plan. They basically put everybody's backup plan into action. And now yeah. everybody's gonna have a legit backup plan and may actively work on their backup plans. All right, AD. So let's let's just do a quick wrap up. Um yeah. we, we we talked a little bit about what happened in January. Why did it happen? What's the history of OGL? We've theorized around sort of the decisions that were made and what happened in the what the community's response was and how successful it was. Ultimately, what does it mean for D D? Certainly. Some of the things that we've been talking about and we were hopeful for seem less likely. Some of the things that we've been talking about in our future series seem right on track. What do you what, what do you see as this meaning for like what is when you look forward? What do you see uh, happening? I think from for the day to day player, I don't think it mean it means that much. I agree. It means actually nothing to most players. Most players it means more to D DMs, but even then, I don't think it matters. I'm not going to stop. Uh, I created homebrew for 50 years and for 40 years. Like it's not going to stop me from creating homebrew. I don't think it matters that much to day-to-day -day players and to DMs who are just 
who are just getting started and are looking at the DMs, the DMs guide materials. If you're, you should still go out and buy a starter set and experience D and D. I think for more experienced DMs or people who are looking to level up and start publishing on their own, it is a thing to consider. Do you continue to create stuff that's purely for fifth edition, or do you start to think about how do you create stuff that is more system agnostic? Yeah, certainly. And could if you land, have, you know, if, and if your desire is to use anything more than break even on your your personal efforts, you're going to have to take it seriously. Yeah. As to is this the platform for you? Yeah, exactly. I think it's important to separate the game of D and D from the company of Wizards of the Coast and the company of Hasbro, I, and to understand that those companies want to make money, and you are how they're going to make their money. But you don't have to. At the end of the day, if you have a notebook. And some graph paper and a pencil and some dice, you can figure out a way to play D and think that's really it. It it it, it it's dependent. Yeah. I, I would say, Andy, I was thinking about it because on Thursday I had my game, and D and D Beyond was down. D and D Beyond being down, not being able to access our character sheets had more impact on me than any of this ODL stuff right could possibly have on me. Yeah. I don't I'm not ever going to look to make money off of the stuff I create. I mean I of course we all have dreams and aspirations, right? Maybe at some point I'll publish stuff because I've got I've got good stuff, right? And everybody yeah. sort of wants to put their good stuff out there. But I'm not going to make my career on it. I've got another career. Um yeah exactly. So but at the end of the day it does. It does mean, and Andy, we've talked about this with some of the games that you and I play together. It does. It does sort of kick us in the butt and sort of say, "Hey, let's explore some other games. We're going to explore some other games." So even on this channel, I think we'll explore some other RPGs. Just so yeah. you know what else is out there, and and like, what does it take to play them? Certainly, the ecosystem for D and D is rich. Obviously, for all the reasons we've yep. talked about, it's very deep, and there's a lot of tools out there to help you, and a lot of information out there. So let's do some information about some other RPGs so that people can get get their hands on them and and maybe play them with their friends i probably know mutants and masterminds as well as i know DD at this point um yeah uh i'm 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 pretty deep with it and it's not it is a crunchy game we talk it's about crunchy games crunchy. it's so crunchy um well I, so but we're gonna play what call of cthulhu coming up we're talking about mm-hmm. playing the expanse rpg what other ones are you thinking about? And then maybe we'll talk about our experiences playing these on the podcast. Um, I'm I just Humble Bundle has a big bundle for Pathfinder. So I just downloaded, I just got that. So for 30 bucks, I got PDFs of all the books. So I just want to look at Pathfinder a little more closely in second edition mm-hmm. in particular. The you mentioned the expanse. I also am w- really interested in playing some Blades in the Dark, I think is a super Yeah, you know what I just then, got like, that I'm interested in playing that I'm going to, we'll talk about with our crew, the the Avatar. The yeah. Um, yeah, that one looks I've super got that. fun. It's good. It looked, the mechanics are really interesting in that. I like Yeah, it. super fun. So yeah, I mean, you know, Kids on Bike, I played a bunch of Monster of the Week, which is mm-hmm. super fun and way less crunchy. It can lead to some real goofy encounters. I can uh, how you play it is. I'll be way more into playing sci-fi, I think, than another fantasy. I think if I if I make yeah. my shifts, it's usually because of the genre. Not, like, right, right. I just right. feel like D and D and and fantasy go so well together that it, the yeah, things it that would motivate me to really shift nicely. would not be the mechanics. The things that would motivate mm-hmm. me to shift is to play something. You know, I played a lot of Traveler when I was a kid, so playing sci-fi ones are really really fascinating to me. Superheroes are always D D just doesn't superheroes are well. Fun. So there was a uh, that guy. So actually, let's come back. Let's okay. try to just bring Sorry. this back to future of D D for a second. So we've yeah. talked about the possibility that like five E 
in the future. I think when one of our first episodes are in the future, we talked about if D&D smart, they'll use the format and the base of the game, particularly something like D&D Beyond, to layer in other IP. That may no longer be in the in the cards I, for I, them. I don't, on, I don't think that's, based on I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> right. I think I think they, which is unfortunate because yeah, I mean, it's a you, big mistake. You could, I think, if you could say like, oh, if I were D and D, I would have gone the other way and I would have said, oh, I'm going to license the Star Wars. That's RPG. what I would have done too. I would have licensed the I would have licensed the the content and the rule set from them, reskinned it as something else, and put it back on D and D Beyond into, with a separate it into, license. What was it? Turn it into like Gamma World, like the updated Gamma World, or the updated. They have all these TSR yeah. licenses that have a lot of. Yeah, it was. Uh, a, I think they they missed huge... the boat on understanding how this works. Right, and it's cool. Now I I will say you know I I think they will continue to look at ways that they can better. They're gonna they're, monetize they, the player. I you think know, they the, ha- that's think, the that's sorry. the thing that they have to crack. I, I think the thing that they're with you, and this is again, just you look at the people that they've hired and their video gaming background. I think they're going to try to monetize the solo solo player concept. Um, however, they do it. I think oh, they're gonna yeah, make it yeah, yeah. easier and easier for the solo player to to participate in D and that's yeah. i think that's their aspiration i think that's why they made some of the moves they made is that they want to make it's so funny because like the solo but it's but it's a misunderstanding of the core part of the game yeah and it's also like you know the solo the solo rpg player I, they talk about having like an ai dm an Whatever. artificial intelligence dm the reality is the solo rpg player is playing Baldur's gate they're playing yeah. Neverwinter Nights. That's They're, what I'm saying. Like just that is your, that experience. Get your freaking right? video games off the ground. Yeah, you know that's that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and to me, it's insane because like why they didn't just like they could have you know why they're not like leaning into those existing titles that IP. and yeah. like leaning into that IP and going like it's just a it's it's incredible to me. Yeah, yeah. I think the future is still bright. But there are now hiccups and there's an undercurrent of distrust in the future. I don't think that changes us all that dramatically here on the Dead Vantage. We'll keep talking about D&D. But now I think there's a crack in the door to talk about other things and a reason the conversation. We're two old school gamers embracing new school play. I think that is new school in the thing. Back in the day, I played a lot of different RPGs beyond just D&D. I think uh, you're going to see a lot more people doing a lot more of that and yeah. not just being so locked in on d Well, I think it was easier when all the time. I think it was easier when everything was paper based to transition to other paper based thing really wasn't that big a deal. I think now that we've got the tools, it gets a little harder because you get yeah. sort of sucked into the advantages that the tool gives you. I don't I don't know how much mutants and masterminds I would be playing right now if I didn't have a tool to help me because <laughs> it is so freaking hard. But I used is, to yeah. do it all the time. I used to play all those superhero games on paper. Uh, future's bright. There's a lot of options. It's not exactly what we thought it was going to be, but it's still pretty bright and exciting. Yeah. And we'll just keep talking about it. So let's do a quick wrap up. And then yeah. we're going to go. Do you have any last thoughts? Well, I, I don't get think us- I have any last thoughts. I mean, other than um, I think none of this should make you hesitant to play. And you should go go to your friendly local game store. If you were interested in trying out something other than one of those things, find a game group and give it a shot, you know, do a one shot or something else like that. All of these things have starter sets and very easily adaptable. They have they all have starter sets. They all have like intro adventures. Try one out and see whether you're into it or not. Um, I don't think uh, at the end of the day, the 
the corporate machinations that are going on should not impact you as a day-to-day player. I think that's exactly you know? it. And enjoy it. Enjoy the movie when it yeah, comes out March yeah, exactly. 31st. You know, try fun. to enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. So, Andy, uh, I was curious. Uh, yeah. do, do you use dinosaurs in your D&D games? Uh, I have. Because I'm, I'm thinking, I have a really interesting idea. I'm thinking about using a T-Rex NPC who sells daggers, knives, slings, maybe some short swords. He's a small arms dealer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> my tiny little arm. My tiny little arms. I can't my reach tiny my little knife. And my tiny little arms. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Here, I'll, uh, I'll let me kick out the socials just right, for anybody. Uh, you can find us I think ever more intermittently on Twitter at, yeah, at sure. the underscore Dadvantage, and but we're also on Mastodon as uh, the as Dadvantage at uh, I don't know that it's like Dadvantage at Dice Camp yeah Dice dot Camp yeah. yeah I'll clean that up we'll get a better one of those uh, and then uh, but we are active on Facebook in our Facebook group and uh, yeah let us know what you think I mean I'm interested to hear what people who are just getting into it or people who have been listening to the podcast, what they think about all this stuff with OGL. Yeah. And we've got some new um, episodes coming up. I think we're going to, I think we're going to build a martial artist, Andy. I think that's that's coming up soon. Bruce Um, Lee time. Bruce Lee time, right? Bruce Lee versus Jackie Chan. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Or or something for like everywhere all at once. Oh my gosh. Everything everywhere all at once. once, Yeah. Maybe that's what we do. Maybe that maybe be like awesome. think about that. All right, everybody. We appreciate okay. you listening. We hope you've been enjoying the episodes this year. We're gonna get back to some more of our traditional content as we go forward. We still have a either a battle royale coming up or a third or a third or fourth or fifth I, level I think, battle with our beginner players. Um I think maybe maybe what we can do here's another I'm just gonna pitch it live. We could both of us could create like a a second party of three and then we could just sort of pitch it to each other and then we do mm. like two fifth level you know, I'll I'll create my little three party group and you create your three party like group that. and then yeah, we let's, can let's 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 do that. We one. can pitch like that. them for a battle royale. I think royale we still do the mashup, but well I was thinking with the battle royale, um and we could cut this out or we can keep it. But I was thinking with yeah. the battle royale, we pick like our favorite two to three characters from all of our previous builds. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. And have them battle. Um, That'd be cool. Because I think then then we bring those, bring them, bring a little life back to our our previous characters. I'll take any of them, right? Yeah, awesome. All right, excellent. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye.